0: What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. How are you doing today? We are back. I know I haven't been really on schedule with the podcast, for, hmm, let me see what the reason is. Oh, right. The coronavirus. So, and I just haven't been, you know, keeping that weekly st- schedule. I've been trying to go with the flow and also be more aware of what I'm putting out. I don't just want to jump on and just start talking just because I'm supposed to put out an episode. I feel that is really kind of defeats the purpose of putting out inspired content. So, I've been moving with the voice inside and listening to that voice, and that's why there hasn't been the Sunday coffee talk and the Thursday episode. It's just, if there's an episode, it's going to come at you. If I feel inspired to say something, I'm going to record it and it will be published on whatever day that it's published. Welcome to the new world. So today I'm talking with Brandon Everett. Brandon is a mindfulness meditation teacher, also a hospice nurse, really out there uplifting the community in some of the community's most challenging and trying times. So today, Brandon and I talk about mindfulness. He shares a beautiful mindful meditation with us towards the end of the episode. So you will have to listen to the whole episode or just fast forward to the end. Either way, you are going to benefit from hearing that meditation. Brandon is also about to be re- about ah, Brandon is also about to release his own podcast. It should be out this week on Anchor. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes as well. Please go follow Brandon on all of the socials. Check out his website. He's offering a lot of great super affordable online meditations and things like that. Treat yourself. To quiet your mind to go inward and I know a lot of people constantly say I can't quiet the mind I can't do this I can't do that well first off let's stop saying I can't because every time you say you can't you're programming your supercomputer that's your brain so watch the way the words come out of your mouth the more you say you can't the more you won't be able to so what if you stop saying I can't meditate and you start saying I'm going to try I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to experience. I'm going to put myself in a space. And especially now with us being locked in our house and so many options available through Instagram Live and Facebook Live and Zoom, you can practice in the comfort of your own home. No one can see you turn the camera off on your Zoom if that makes you feel more comfortable and practice. Give it a shot. It's not going to hurt. So I'm going to try to keep this intro short and sweet. I am offering all kinds of online Zoom meditations and practices. If you head to my website, inspirecreatemanifest.com slash online offerings, you can find all of those. Kick back, grab a coffee, grab some wine, grab some water, grab whatever you enjoy and listen to this wonderful podcast with Brandon. Enjoy, be inspired, and know that you know we're all at different phases in our evolution and ascension process. Everything is different for all of us, but that doesn't mean that we are not all divine beings. You're divine, I'm divine, we are all divine. We're all made in the image and likeness of God. So allow yourself to tap into that spirit and move from there. Thank you so much. Now, kick back and enjoy this episode. Have a great day. Thank you all so much for being here today. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. I'm Joe Longo, and today I have my good friend, Brandon Everett, on the Zoom. We're recording through all kinds of devices. Um, And I've been joking, I hope this doesn't offend you, in the apocalypse. Welcome to the apocalypse. Uh, but the apocalypse isn't bad because I actually, you know, Googled apocalypse to see what the definition is. And it means uncovering, to uncover, to create a new. Mm. So it's not a bad thing. We're just getting rid of the old. So thank you, Brandon, for being here with me today. I appreciate you being here um, and taking the time to hang out and chat.
1: Yeah, pleasure. Uh, Joe, you know, I'm so glad uh, that uh, to be meeting you and doing this in the apocalypse. You know, um, would, would that it could have been pre-apocalypse, but uh, hey, you know, you take what you can get. And um, so interesting that you Googled apocalypse. Um, it's always nice to know, right, to be sure, to get that second, you know, just to make sure we got Google's verification. Oh, wait, I am in the apocalypse. And, you know, begin... <laughs> And then begin acting and attuning
0: yourself accordingly. Yeah. Right. But it's not a, but, a scary thing. I don't think it's a scary thing.
1: No, it is. Uh, my goodness. What, um, what an opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. um, what, a, what a wild opportunity. Um, I've been practicing, you know, mindfulness and meditation for six years. I think I'm coming up on my six year anniversary and I, deeply influenced by the tibetan tradition and they have this whole mentality about you know adding more wood to the fire Mm -hmm. adding just you know whatever circumstance is presenting itself in your life you know add that wood to the fire you know bring it in fold it into your practice and use it and learn and grow from it um the thing is though it's like, a, I don't know, like a lumber yard just closed. And they're like, hey, we have all this wood that we want to put on your fireplace. And you're like, actually, I'm already kind of hot and barely maintaining. And they're like, okay, but we already unloaded it. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah."
0: I love that. It And it's, yeah. it's you know, obviously it's not, let's say, the best of situations. But it has really given us all this space to slow down.
1: I have to be so fair. um, And this is me trying to be very political and play both sides of the argument. For people who already had a mindfulness or a yoga or some kind of meditation practice, and for people who are interested in really trying to fold daily life into the practice, because not everyone is always interested in doing that, for those individuals, it is such a rich opportunity. Um, it flushes up your neurosis. It flushes up, you know, how you're you're maintaining, kind of, you know, you're maintaining with the thinnest veil. Um, and it does enable you to strengthen your practice if you could ride the wave. But there are other people who are not interested in that. You know, yoga was getting away from life. And or, or meditation or mindfulness all of these could be used in that way Then um, I'm sure there's a tremendous amount of difficulty and for people who n- have have no practice who have no way of grounding themselves connecting with themselves my goodness, uh, this whole thing is Painful mm-hmm. and I have to be fair to you. I also I still have a, a job so I've been able to offer mindfulness classes more as this whole thing has unfolded. People have become suddenly more interested in that. Um, but I, I mean, I have my health and I'm still working, which sets me at an advantage and ahead of a lot of other people. So, you know, it's been an interesting experience. It's still been unsettling. Mm-hmm. it you know, uh, aspects of myself have been falling apart. Uh, and that's been very interesting, very rich to witness. Um, But yeah, so I, you know, I sincerely from my heart wish my best to everybody as we are going through this. It is what was your experience those first three weeks of the apocalypse?
0: Oh, so like so much uncertainty and a space of Mm -hmm. like I really had this feeling to try to help as much as I can. But I also it was like there were two Joes, this Joe that would hit the go live button. And, mm-hmm. teach mm. and then this other Joe that would, when he hit end, would literally, like, crawl under a blanket and just be like, what is going on? Like, oh, like, How am I going to make it out of this? How am I going to pay bills? Am I going to get any assistance from any of, you know, from the government at all? And watching, you know, slowly every event and or gig that I had get canceled and canceled and canceled and canceled. And I was like, oh, you know, so it's like, there's a we'll say fear and uncertainty and f- feeling all of the feels that I think sometimes people that don't have the practice, just assume that we all don't feel those things that we don't have those same experiences.
1: No. So, uh, a all, thank you for sharing and being that authentic because there is the Instagram presentation, mm-hmm. right? You know, there is, because it comes from a place of wanting to uplift and support others Mm -hmm. you know it's so interesting there's the i definitely attend to social media with a sense of you know there's enough noise there's enough ruckus there is enough like disquiet and discomfort i don't want to add to that chorus you know I, i actually have another message that i think would be more powerful but when you say that you know off the gram laying down then there's the recognition of okay, but really, no, my circumstance is falling apart. And I can only imagine what it feels like the lived experience of cancellation, cancellation, you know, because it's not like you were getting emails at the same time, from people who are like, Oh, we canceled your bills, too. You know, it's not like sprint wasn't like cancel, and Comcast wasn't like cancel and landlord wasn't like cancel. You know, it was like, profit and income generating things that were like, yeah, we can't. Um, the first three weeks I was walking around feeling like I was being boiled. Um, the, there was an ongoing background anxiety from basically the moment I had a cup of tea in the morning and started to prepare myself for the day. Um, To as I was going through the motions of my day. And it it was interesting because this situation is anxiety inducing anyway. It's a pandemic. But I work as a hospice nurse Mm -hmm. and there was not mass testing going on. So for the first two weeks, it was like it wasn't even happening because while facilities were amping up their testing in terms of like screening you as you walked in the door, there were no positive cases, Mm -hmm. you know? So it kind of felt like this extra thing we were all doing, but we're just doing it out of kindness and out of a kind of sense of like going through the motions. Like it didn't necessarily impact you, me, but then the positive cases started to roll in. And with that came the anxiety of knowing that you could be exposing yourself inadvertently and I live with my parents and my father has COPD, which is a severe respiratory condition. Mm-hmm. So there's going out into the world, being exposed to it yourself, and then the anxiety of what do you do when you come home, um, you know, and how do you relate with that whole experience? So I was, you know, throughout the day, um, feeling anxious, feeling more fatigued, feeling more irritable. Um, I was oh I needed to nap oh I definitely there were so many more naps mm-hmm. in those first couple weeks of like by two in the afternoon I'm crashed I'm down I need to recuperate there was also a whole lot of potato chips um, <laughs> all right hey and
0: we're, <laughs> we are back
1: oh back again this I think this is the third this is the third interview
0: take three <laughs> so for everyone listening we were on zoom now we're just on facetime because you know technology mm. we make do with how we can it's what happens yeah so welcome back thanks for being here again <laughs> <laughs> all right now where were we
1: well i was talking <laughs> oh, the i was chips. talking about potato chips and uh and how and so that's yep no, it was great, because you had shared you know how this was really going for you, how the apocalypse was going for you those first couple weeks. How so that's the first couple weeks. How have you been since then?
0: Um, I've been more, becoming more relaxed, but also um, refining everything. you know, So when I first started, again, in a way of trying to I'm going to say hide. But in a way of hiding, I was putting myself out more.
2: Mm, So mm. it was
0: easy for me to be be like, we're gonna do a meditation on Monday, we're gonna do a meditation on Tuesday, we're gonna have a class on Wednesday, we're gonna do this on Thursday. Friday Mm -hmm. we'll hang out, Saturday we'll do this, and then Sunday we'll do this. So literally I was packing things to do to keep me distracted.
1: Gotcha. Uh
0: And then I started pulling back. I'm like, okay, I can't be doing that because now I'm just like hitting that wall where it's like I have to take a nap. Like now I just have to take a nap and not really realizing that even though I'm putting myself out, I'm actually hiding. I'm using the, this Mm, mm -hmm. to make me feel as if I'm doing something. And then I started pulling back. I was like, okay, well, what makes sense? Like, what are people actually coming to? And what am I just trying to overfill my schedule with? And then I tried to hone in more on, on refining and being more purposeful with my actions and then diving into, um, all of like my woo woo cards and all the things, um, and just, you know, really do the things for myself. So I, you know, started, you know, meditating even more. And again, part of it is a little bit of an escape, but to sit down and connect, I had a beautiful astrology reading with Natalie Levin. Hmm. Which was great, and she was like, "You should check this book out and do this." And it really like um, was a confirmation of things that I felt that I was doing, and the planets were saying, "Oh, yeah, you're doing the right thing, but what if you did it this way? Or what if you did a little self-study?" So it's been more of a, I pulled back from putting myself out and went a little more inward.:
1: That's beautiful, Joe. Kudos. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. you know, <clears throat> there's a lot on Netflix
0: oh i mean i watched brooklyn nine nine a lot no
1: no all right so champ
0: (laughs) i literally just found that on
1: hulu yeah i finished i I just got caught uh, up (laughs) uh, i finished the good place i finished schitt's creek because that just ended and then i uh watched i started watching brooklyn nine nine and um so interesting. Jake Peralta uh. is my spirit animal. So, <laughs> I I hope more people watch that because I really want. When people ask, like you know, um, what does mindfulness do for you? I want to tell them. Well, I started as Jake Peralta, and then it, and then now it's different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. Like when that show came out, however many years ago, I watched like one or two episodes, and i was like. It's not really doing it for me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but something, has just clicked. And, um, probably like three weeks before this all happened, my best friend was watching and he was like, you should really watch. And I'm like, whatever, you know? So then I started, cause I do, I, every night I try to unwind a little bit by like watching like something mm-hmm. going to make me laugh and has no meaning to the world at all. Like it's just yeah. going to make me laugh.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I started, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's so good. And it just keeps getting better and better
1: thank you oh, That it is so interesting that you bring that up because that is, for the last two weeks or so, that has been my go-to mm-hmm. that ability to wind down and unpack, whether it's in the middle of the day um, or in, in the evening we need that, yeah. we need those vents and we need those outlets um, you know, mindfulness and meditation are great, but you know the path and practice of self-realization, not People aren't getting into it for the comfort. You know, they might they might go to their first class <laughs> for the sense of ease and comfort. But you know, if you if that switch gets flipped in you, and you say, "No, I'm actually going to go into this. I'm going to go down into," you know, you need a break from it too. Mm-hmm. As enriching and enlivening as it can be, you, you need Jake Peralta. You know, mm-hmm. you need Captain Holt and uh, wh- whatever the name of Terry Cruz's character is.
0: Yeah. Right. I think it's Terry. I think he's just Terry. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a mindfulness teacher. So. Oh, it's mm-hmm. all good. Mm-hmm. Attention
1: to detail. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> um, also, so I, um, I've been coming and I'm, I was kind of recommended that I don't say it this way, but I've like come out of the woo closet. You know, mm. embracing my spirituality and being like, oh, right, I'm intuitive, and I hear things, and I see things, mm. and all of that type of stuff. And the first two, three weeks of this, it was as if every time I would go to bed, I would be getting hit with all kinds of mm. downloads and stuff. And that was when I was like, wow, I really need Jake Peralta. Like, I need to watch an episode... <laughs> of that before I go to bed so I'm like so removed from everything that I can actually go to sleep and not lay down and yeah. get, you know all of these this you know it's just like too much information. I'm trying to sleep guys let me sleep. And Jake yeah. great at to that place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Andy Sandberg is aware. I wonder you know these 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 actors, these actresses they go on to make these series and then they move on to the next project. And I don't know if they know how they buffer. Pe- Maybe they have a passing idea, but they really buffer people's lives. And they really, you know, it's silly television. But my goodness, is it necessary? Right. Is it necessary?
0: Yes, exactly, exactly.
1: Hey, and I just want to add because here's this thing. I have this thing, Joe. I have this thing.
0: Well, tell me your. Th- I'm so excited
1: that you came out of the woo closet. <laughs> I'm very. I want to say that I'm very excited you came out of the woo closet. What I want to see happen is for Western science to catch up. Because I feel like in 2020, people are, and especially in spiritual communities, people wind up feeling skittish and embarrassed about true abilities that they have Mm -hmm. because they have not been scientifically validated. And I feel that rather than say, I'm the problem, Really, it is that science needs to catch up. So I really appreciate you coming out of the woo closet. What I need is for science to get into the woo closet and start figuring out how to pick up on things. Um, Because it's true. You come into alignment. You come into awareness. The most comfortable way I have of describing it is people's natural intuition, Mm -hmm. which is this word that is kind of on the cusp. People could understand how you could intuit the energy of a situation. They can kind of step into that, but intuition is so much broader and vaster than that. Um, so, catch up, scientists. Once you figure out this virus, I need you to figure out what exactly how the planets are beaming this information in. <laughs> right.
0: Well, I think. Are you familiar with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza? Yes. How about this?
1: I have a passing knowledge of him from a documentary I believe was called Heal that was on Netflix for a period of time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I saw like four minutes of him
0: speaking. So him, um, Dr. Greg Braden, and there's one other guy. I can't think of his name. Um, And they're all doctorish, you know, in some kind of world neuroscientists yeah. and things like that um but they are like really trying to be like no no this is science is yeah um, yeah i just watched this a video with i think it's the gentleman that i can't think of his name it's like older guy gray beard anyway he's with that crew but they're talking uh-huh. about our thoughts and then mm. measuring our thoughts mm. by, you know um putting all of these like electrodes on our head but as he's explaining it he's saying you know we're not inserting these into the brain it's literally mm-hmm. outside of the brain and it's picking up the signals that are outside of mm-hmm. the brain when all these mm-hmm. you know when your brain is actually functioning and he was like what that shows us is that your thoughts aren't inside your brain mm-hmm. they're actually mm-hmm. all around us and we're yeah. kind of just pulling in what we want but we just assume that oh no it's in it's actually in in our head but yeah it's kind of the whole idea of tapping into that divine matrix or christ consciousness or cosmic consciousness that unified yeah. field if you will and then letting it, it all come but i also feel like you know talking about this and saying oh sure joe Dispenza, and he wrote a book called becoming supernatural people are like oh that's just you know crazy science i'm like but is it it's still science like if you look at it they're literally doing scientific research on it but so much of us are just like no that's crazy talk i can't get a prescription so, for that
1: <laughs> so here's a fun fact i love this because uh in america we so love our western um western medicine mm-hmm. and this was actually a report that it was an article it was on npr and it shared that Um, 90% of recommendations and interventions in cardiac care, 90% of interventions and recommendations for actions taken in cardiac care do not meet the highest scientific standard for rigor and efficacy. But, But because they have white coats and scrubs and on their days off they wear ties and slacks, And because that is what has been cultivated Uh in our broader culture, we see that as valid. You know, no one goes to their cardiologist and says, he gave me some woo-woo pills. You know, he gave me these woo-woo pills and tells me my blood pressure is going to get lower just because I eat this little white pill. You know, we don't argue with that, but, you know, we argue with the title Becoming Supernatural.
2: Uh
1: Um, So, um, again, clarifying, doctors do great things. They save lives. They figure out all kinds of problems. All I need them to do is just just be on the periphery, right? right? Just expanding the view to what we could fold in, mm-hmm. you know, to what we could validate, to what we could fold in so that you could open up a shop uh, called Joe's Woo Woo Shop fearlessly, you know, something like that.
0: <laughs> you're right. You're right. And I'm totally, you know, I say it a lot in my classes, you know, that we are... Um activating our superpowers. Like I really think mm. that part of all of this with the virus is like there's a mass awakening happening and more people are waking up. Whatever that means for you. Mm. Like what waking up for me may mean one thing, what it could be something else for you, you know, because we're all on different levels of awareness and we can't think that like I'm better than you or you're better than me or I'm getting mm. downloads and you're not getting downloads, but we're all at different levels, you know, uh-huh. and the more you actually go inward the more you can tap into that higher self and start that awakening process but it is a process you know some people just get it but most of us actually have to sit down and breathe and go inward and start trying to quiet the monkey mind but I'm just like, don't even try to quiet it. Just let it go and pay attention to the little nuggets of gold that come flying through every once in a while when you can like push the shit out of the way and acknowledge what the good, you know, what those good little nuggets are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. So it's interesting because uh, there is something about Americans generally as a culture, we crave individuality, Mm -hmm. but the, but it leads to comparing. We want to be who we are. We want to be our best self. But if that person over there has a certain toy that they call downloads, I want that toy too. Mm-hmm. And it is a mixture of this want to be yourself, but also the sense of keeping up with the Joneses. And it absolutely enters the spiritual um, spiritual and meditative practices. I mean, I got into yoga not to do yoga. I got into yoga to um, lose weight and um, feel flexible. Mm -hmm. Like I did not get into yoga with altruistic expectations and intentions. Um, What has unfolded since then has been wonderful. Um, So yeah, I'm sure that if you talked to me five years ago and you were like, I get downloads i'd been like i have mozilla firefox too i pick a song and i go to the youtube to mp3 converter and i download it i get downloads too and you'd be like i get different downloads and i'd be like you're woo woo you know and it would be this completely different thing um so abilities that we're all capable of cultivating or that i that i believe i believe people have inherent abilities that either are not supported or they're just not living in a place where, you know, you could really cultivate that. I, uh, I think that's the root of a lot of discontent unknowingly is that, you know, you know, you could be this different person. You know, you could be this better person. You know, you have some sense of purpose. You're more than an accountant or something like that. You know, Mm -hmm. you're more than an accountant and your gym membership and you have all the things you're supposed to have and be happy, but you're not. Yeah. And I think it's because, you know, these other ways of being are just not being nourished. And without them, we feel that. And it's funny. I actually call that, I refer to that nine sense, what turns people on usually to some sense of mindfulness or meditation or yoga. Mm-hmm. I call that innate wisdom. Mm. It is already there. It would love if you looked at it. It would love even more if you cultivated it. Um, And there's all kinds of ways that once you water the seed and give it sunlight that it flowers, it turns into all kinds of things. But, um, we are still in a time where, you know, even people who live by it and are nourished from it, kind of, we feel a certain way about it. Like we don't really want to talk about it because of how we're afraid that we'll be seen. Right. So I give you all types of kudos because I'm still in my, I'm still in my woo-woo closet. (laughs)
0: oh you're on your way out (laughs) i i think you know it's i talk about this often a lot in one of the classes i teach called creatively manifesting your life and i say to people i'm like what would how do you think your life would be different if when you're born you come out of the womb and you're handed to your parents you're like here's little brandon And typically, most religions in the world will then say, You're a sinner. You suck. You better start Mm. repenting. Life is going to be horrible. It's going to be a struggle. Work sucks. Everything sucks. Maybe you get to have fun when you retire. Until then, have a great life. You know, like go, you know, depending on your faith, go see the priest, tell the priest what you did wrong, and he'll, you know, absolve you from your sins if you say enough prayers. Instead of being handed to your parents saying, Here's Brandon. He's an infinite creative being. You can do absolutely mm. anything you want. You're made in the image and likeness of God. Mm. Start creating. And just that little shift. But it's like follows us throughout life. You know, yeah. work sucks. Work is hard. Work isn't supposed to be fun, you know. But what if you're t- like, work is great. Find what you love and really do it. Like put everything you have into it. And you're an infinite creative being you'll, you know, the world would be a completely different place instead of like, it sucks, it's horrible, it's, you're going to have to struggle, you know.
1: Fun fact. So it is not your workshop, but when I um, teach mindfulness, I, I wind up teaching at nonprofits time and again. And mm-hmm. one of the things I like to share is that uh, if you're born in America, you get this very vague term in English. It says you're born and you are a human being, mm-hmm. and, an individual. And those are comp- those are neutral terms of describing oneself. If you were born in a different time and place, and I say if you were born in Tibet, what they say they don't call you a human being. They say this is one who possesses power, oh. and they actually have a further definition as one who has the power to create happiness in their own life and the lives of others. So based on where you're born on the same planet. At the same time, you wind up with a very different concept Mm -hmm. of who you are, what you are capable of, and even what an aspiration in your life could be, just based on where you're born. Same time, different place, different neighborhood, you know.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting i'll say interesting so we're all over the place and the time is just flying so before we forget because we haven't really done this please tell us about about you brandon (laughs) um how how did this mindfulness practice actually come into your um into your world and how did Mm. you then say you know what i'm going to i'm going to help other people i'm going to use this practice and and teach um
1: all right so here I'm actually going to put the phone down just so I could yeah center my thoughts thank you so much Joe for understanding um I was uh like 25 26 years old and I was working as a registered nurse in the intensive care unit at a uh, a hospital in West Philadelphia and at the age of 25 working in the intensive care unit being put in what were literally life and death situations, um, three times a week, 12 hours at a shot doing that work, having never been given or provided meaningful ways for recognizing and working with stress and anxiety. I burned out. I, um, I, took the anxiety of the work home with me i like I couldn't sleep I would get home from I would be exhausted after a twelve hour shift, get home, shove food in my face, and then not be able to sit still. I couldn't sleep uh I had the situation where you know if I had to work the next day, let's say I had to go in at like seven in the morning. At three in the afternoon, the day beforehand, I would start to fret and get anxious about what was gonna happen when I got back to the unit. How would I handle the work? How was I gonna show up? And because of the um, the ego I had about myself at that time, that I was, you know, um, I did very well, like academically, I had this huge intellect-centered ego. Um, I wouldn't quit the job so on one level, like psychologically and emotionally, I couldn't do the job. But because I was good enough to keep doing it, I wasn't going to quit. Uh, like I could go through the motions and make, make it all run on time. And what had happened was two years into doing that, I, I got burned out. I got depressed. And the real straw that broke the camel's back was there was a girl I was seeing at the time. And I thought, Inevitably, you know, our relationship would end in marriage, and instead, it ended uh, with an argument and with her brother coming to get her things from our apartment. And so I was, and the basically the entire illusion I had built around myself and what I was capable of, and what life was about, and how I was going to master it or overcome it, or you know, however you want to describe that, that totally fell apart and a friend in the icu one night you know i was working night shift at that time recognized that i was having a very difficult time and said hey have you ever heard of mindfulness and you might be into it you know you you might really like it it has this kind of logic cooked into why you do it you know the how the practices proceed you know you seem like a very logical a very cerebral guy i think you'll dig it i read all all these books about mindfulness um I didn't get any of the benefit because reading is learning in a certain way, but the learning that happens in mindfulness is way more experiential. You know, it's something you need to put yourself in the position of doing and practicing. And so I enrolled with Penn Program for Mindfulness. I took their eight week intro to mindfulness series for healthcare workers. And um, four weeks into that series, I recognized uh, for the first time in my life, I was not being run around by my thoughts. You know, by my fears about what other people were thinking about me, or their expectations, I recognized that for the first time, I could actually just like sit down and just sit down and let everything go and just be. And at the end of the eight weeks, uh, as I was four weeks in, at the end of the eight weeks, I remember thinking that mindfulness was so simple, it was stupid. <laughs> like it, it's so simple that um, I was a little pissed. Because it's the thing that you could totally learn and that really changes, shifts how you relate with your life. And I just remember thinking, if only more people had access to this, how different their lives could be. So I I resolved to, and I found this two-year-long mindfulness meditation teacher training. And um, two years, 900 hours, and I went through that. And it was interesting. The initial intention was to... um, make mindfulness-based stress reduction as widely available as cheaply as I could. Um, that was, that was very fun. I got to do a couple instead of charging like $500 for my mindfulness-based stress reduction series. I was charging 80 at this local yoga studio in West Philadelphia. That was very fun. That was very fun.
0: That's
1: awesome. Yeah. That, you know, and to me, that's exactly how it should be. You know, there's this kind of white picket fence around mindfulness, and part of that fence is cost. Uh-huh. And there's a manner in which it is. I could see their angle. I could see the necessity. You know, like if you're giving people a full-time job with paid vacation and health care benefits, you know, America's expensive. America costs money. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, it's mindfulness is such a precious resource. And once you learn it, it can cause such a big shift. So, you know, it's been three years since I finished that training. And I've been teaching mostly, you know, majority of the time throughout and trying to make the practice of mindfulness as accessible and widely available as possible. So, yeah, so my life fell apart. And um, that is what brought me on the path. And then recognizing how much I changed. I mean, going from Jake Peralta To just less Jake Peralta, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Being able to sit and relax and just enjoy life instead of feel pushed around by it or like you're perpetually behind in some way. Um, That's what spurred me on. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: beautiful. Yeah. I I think that's, I love, and I I talk about this a lot. I'm sure you don't know about it, but your (laughs) meditation at Namaste. Mm. When at the end, you said, if you enjoyed this, you can come say hi, but you can't practice with me because I'm not teaching anywhere. <laughs> because what happens <laughs> when you get into these practices, your life falls apart. And mm. you, you know, very bravely were like, my life has fallen apart. Mm. And I'm taking my time to, you know, do you. Mm. And that really stuck with me because... Mm. You know, you led this beautiful meditation and then you were so honest with like, this is what happens. Like, it's not Mm. all butterflies and fairy tales. When you actually decide to start to put in the work, you start noticing Mm. things. Um, I really appreciate you, you know, putting yourself out like that. Um, Mm. So thank you. Because it's one of those things that I I think a lot of people don't really realize. It's like, oh, Mm. your life is like we were talking about earlier. You're not affected by the apocalypse because you're mindful. Like, no, I, I am affected by it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm still human. And part of it is, you know, that, that, like, a tearing down of the old to rebuild the new. There's this great book. I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Selig, author of Word, I Am Word books. They're all channeled texts. This one is called The Book of Truth. And mm. it's all about accepting yourself as true, as divine. Mm. It's like a a pure ball of truth. Mm. But when you start accepting yourself as truth, you have to also start accepting the things that are not true Mm. and knowing that only truth can be, everything else starts Mm. to crumble away. So there's a destruction that happens when you start moving down this path of being true to yourself living your, your truth, you have to start really living your truth, and then allowing the the destruction sometimes to, to come into play, knowing that that's what has to happen to get you to exactly where you need to be at that, at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I can't add a word to what you just said. Oh, you don't have to. You don't have Except,
1: to. Exactly. You know, just well said. Well said. And I agree, you know, um, what is that like creativity is a destructive process. Mm -hmm. You know, growth is a destructive process sometimes it really does there to bring even attention to your present moment experience, just to do basic mindfulness takes this act of courage, Uh bravery, because if you've been living like I was designed to live, you know, above the neck behind the eyes between the ears just arranging and organizing your life it is a leap to step away from that way of being and relating with life and come into your body mm-hmm. just that in itself can be a renewal um you know and and a destruction at the same time it you know are you ready for that are you open to that you know is that something you're willing to explore i mean these are all questions generally not put on flyers about meditation events um (laughs) but you know there's there's you know there's we know this there's the benefit there's just the benefits of mindfulness there's the vanilla if you come train your attention in this way you'll get such and such benefit this much less stress this much less anxiety and that's you know if that's all you want that's what you'll walk away with Mm -hmm. if you want more though the the opportunity is there you could you could go deeper you could go even deeper so
0: yeah yeah beautiful so uh you're in the process of creating a podcast yes yes (laughs) and the podcast is going to be mindfulness based yes
1: yes the podcast is called living wisdom podcast and um, i make this very explicit in the very first episode this is not to say that I myself am living wisdom, zero people, zero people who know me would accuse me of embodying living wisdom. But living wisdom, I actually find to be very um, direct shorthand for the capacity of mindfulness itself. The ability to bring your attention into the present moment, to recognize what's going on in this clear, honest, direct way is itself a form of wisdom and so thus the name living wisdom so just throwing out there i don't think i'm living wisdom please don't send me emails and tweets please don't do that <laughs> but it's interesting what i am intending to weave together with this podcast is sometimes you know some books have great information about the science and benefits of mindfulness other books have wonderful instructions for how to practice mindfulness rarely do these two ever cross over what i'm intending to do is marry the science of mindfulness to the practice of mindfulness so you're getting you are getting what we understand to this point in 2020 about mindfulness and a range of other things um along with that though or after basically every other episode maybe every third will be guided mindfulness practices, things you can do to train yourself in that way. Uh-huh. So you're getting context and instruction. This um, contrasts like with a mindfulness or meditation app, where you can just kind of dial what you want to feel, uh-huh. dial what you want to explore. But at the end of the practice, you don't know why you felt that way. You don't know the context of what it means of, for who you are as a human, uh-huh. or you know what capacity you just tapped into. So this is me, as best I can, trying to provide context, backed by science, s- providing supporting practices, um, and allowing for a kind of one-stop shop experience.
0: I love that. I love it.
1: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it's cooking me. If I can just throw out there, putting this project together is cooking me, because I am by nature a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Um And there is a way that when you go to teach something, you need to know it fully and deeply. And so doing this project, it enables me to share this with other people, but it also is refining my own understanding. You know, I'm relearning things I knew before, Mm -hmm. but they're being refreshed. So this whole process For me to this point, even though I haven't recorded it, don't tell them, Joe, don't tell them (laughs) I'm supposed to release it in four hours and I have never recorded a word yet. Um, But it has been (laughs) (laughs) this non podcast, this non podcast to this point has been a wonderful and rich experience. So um, and then the last thing, of course, is it's a podcast so people can play it whenever, wherever, Mm -hmm. you know it's before before the apocalypse, people had schedules, and those schedules were busy and before the apocalypse, people were driving all over the place and It would really be sometimes an inconvenience to come to the yoga studio, the meditation center um, and learn this practice so my other hope is that by making it a podcast that it's kind of literally at your fingertips, and if the desire is there, that the information and the instruction will be there, and that you could really go as deep as you wanted to mm-hmm. so fingers crossed you know hands to heart may it be so may people benefit
0: yeah i'm i'm pretty sure people are gonna benefit i'm excited yeah, to listen. yeah. Uh, and i'm assuming it'll be out on all of the podcast platforms all the stuff all of the it'll stuff.
1: be on all the ways all the ways you can do the things
0: that's where you can do it that's beautiful <laughs> i love going to the place where all the things are <laughs> how would you uh, no pressure like to maybe lead us in a little uh, taste of something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, what I am interested in, and this is maybe no one cares. This is what I care about, though. Um, Mindfulness so often, the introductory practice is someone wants to bring your attention to your breathing.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: that's great. But it can also be very triggering for people. Um, So just as effective a practice is actually... To just bring your attention to your feeling of the body in the moment does the same thing to your nervous system. Mm. It invites the same sense of calm, balance and strength that focusing your attention on your breath can do. So how about we do this? I'll do a couple minutes, a guided mindfulness practice on, we'll call it becoming embodied.
0: Okay. Cool? I love it. All
1: right. And so beginning this mindfulness practice by coming into a comfortable, upright seated posture, inviting your eyes to be gently closed if that's comfortable to you. And then gathering your attention to feel where your body makes contact with the ground beneath you. If you're sitting in a chair guiding your attention to feel where the heels and the soles of the feet make contact. If you're on a meditation cushion feeling where the low leg, the foot, the knee make contact with the ground. And then guiding your attention upward to feel where your seat, makes contact with the cushion beneath you. Letting your attention rest on the sensations of support, stability, firmness that you find. Let the weight of you sink more deeply into the chair into the cushion. And as you begin to draw your attention now upward through the body, if you notice yourself leaning forward or bracing, as you move your attention through the abdomen, through the chest, through the shoulders and neck, see if just by noticing that tension You could invite it to soften, to let go. Feeling beneath you, the support, the strength, the stability of the ground. and noticing within you the natural stillness, natural spaciousness of your body. Invite yourself for just these few moments to rest. gratitude to yourself for giving yourself these few minutes to touch in with the body to connect with ease and calm stability once more feeling where your body makes contact with the ground beneath you beginning to slowly gently open your eyes and move into the next moment of your life
0: That was beautiful.
1: Thank you, Joe. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share that.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I um, you now I feel like I'm on another planet, so that's awesome. I, love going there. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm a Pisces, and it's really easy for me to leave here and go mm. up into the other other realms. It's cozy there for me. So thank you for uh, throwing me, even though we were in the body, like I was feeling my body, which was really cool. As soon as you're like, bring your attention to, you know, where I'm connected to the earth. Like I really was like, oh, there are my hips. I feel myself. But as I'm feeling myself, it's like, I'm also leaving as well, which is pretty groovy. So the mm. podcast will be out. This your podcast will be out before this episode this episode should be out probably tomorrow or the next day well that
1: really depends Joe now doesn't it <laughs> it
0: does, it does. <laughs> so um, I'll be sure to you know get all the links in the show notes and can can all of the can the world find you on in the land of the Instagrams or social media where can people find you
1: yeah so I can be found uh, on Instagram at, uh, at Brandon R Everett good luck spelling that out just google it uh (laughs) same thing on facebook and same thing i have a a personal website Uh, if people want to check that out it's all brandon r everett
0: awesome yeah thank you thank you so much for taking the time to talk for sharing that beautiful meditation for sharing your story yeah with us i really appreciate it i am so looking forward to listening to your podcast and doing exactly what we just did now you know, yeah. It's always nice to be guided mm. and taken to some place. You know, you probably experience it because you're the one doing the guiding. Then mm-hmm. what else takes you on that journey? It's really a nice space of surrender. Like, yeah. Oh, I need this. So for the teachers out there that are listening, yeah. treat yourself and let someone teach you. Let someone <laughs> guide you. It's sweet
1: yeah well joe thanks again uh this has been wonderful it has been wonderful uh really uh you know again it took the apocalypse but we made it
0: well, uh um, it was bound to happen you know we're just taking uh, advantage of the time right
1: yeah yeah no I, I had it was wonderful to get to connect with you wonderful conversation um and friend uh i'll be in contact we will we will follow
0: up after this yes yes for sure thank you so much i really appreciate it for everyone that's listening check out the new podcast and have a great week great day wash your hands don't pick your nose and stay safe i'll talk to you all soon